Greetings, everyone. Benvenue. Bonjour. Welcome to IML Publications for the fourth of an eight-part Apple podcast for Jacqueline Gay Wally's collectible collection of Venus as She Ages, a group of six novels that will be under our imprint. We are a boutique publishing company dedicated to amplifying the voices of contemporary female writers who are nomadic explorers of language, form, and the psyche. I'm I. Murphy Lewis, the president of IML Publications, speaking to you from Paris, France, with my guest of honor, Jacqueline Gay Wally, an award-winning novelist and screenwriter under her pen name, Gay Wally, who is presently with us from New York City. Welcome, Jacqueline Gay. Thank you for having me, Murphy. Yeah. Thank you. It's so nice. Thank you. Well, today we will begin a dialogue about the third book in this collection, Prison Sex, a book about longing and how three people, the protagonist Mira, her husband Peter, whom Mira names the boyfriend, and the prisoner David, who have to break free of their prisons, whether literal or metaphoric. In this narrative, we begin to see your incredible capacity, Jacqueline Gay, to write into each character through an internal and complex dialogue, which ultimately reflects who Mira is. So I'm going to ignite this notion with an example of this interiority in the beginning, first from the prisoner David of Fairton Correctional Institute, who names himself Theohenes, after the Roman gladiator prisoner tied to a rock who was forced to fight 110 times to his death. Quote, it's getting harder when she visits. She came in a tight red sweater with an open V-neck. God knows how she wore that in, but he was able to run his hands up and down the beginning rise of her breasts eyes in the back of his head for the guards. He pulled her leg up over his knee to see the shape of it. He is tired of this place. He wants release. And right now, that means he wants her. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go on around that, Jacqueline Gay, because there's this right immediately after is the interiority of Mira. Mm -hmm. Mira looks away and can't make sense of this herself. All she knows is that she is rising, rising with desire everywhere. It's starting to overtake her, her desire for allurement, sexuality, for love, lust, oranges, sand, toes, sandals. It's rising up in her and God knows what will happen if she allows this desire to rise and overtake her. She will start throwing things out of cupboards. She will scream, scream to be loved. She will feel her breasts against her clothes all the time, calling to be touched, her sex wet bedeviling her, time rushing as she stays still. What she does instead is run her hand primly over the hem of her print dress. There's something happening here inside Mira. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I think the theme of this book is um, the three characters want to break out of the prison they're in. And um, the two things you read 
are the glimpses of them wanting to break out. Mm. Mm. Yes. And it's like they're, it's almost like the two together as they come together in that visiting room, right? They're igniting this energy to break them out, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the book, they all do break out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They do, indeed. Mm. It's it's interesting, too, this prison sex character, Mira, she's, it's like she's a continuation of the the eye of um, to any links, the second mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, but there's this dialogue that's deeper, right inside. It's in the internal thing, and part of it is I think because she has to learn this dialogue in a room with other prisoners and their wives Mm -hmm. and their mothers and the guards that are kind of overseeing them so that each Mm -hmm. moment, each word, each touch is precious, right? Yeah. I I think that prison sex is different than to any length. To any length, as you say, is written in the I voice. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a woman wrestling with wanting to be free and wanting to be loved at the same time. And um, Mm -hmm. in prison sex, it's, as you say, um, I go into the three heads of the people, the husband, Mira, and the prisoner, and their respective lives mm. and what they think about when they're not with each other and what they think about when they are with each other. And, um, mm. and it's kind of like a moving, there's motion to their predicament and, and their yes. drive to break out of the respective prisons they're in. And um, so I think each section uh, pushes that drive along. And I, I use mm-hmm. um, the book, as you said, is about longing. And I, I think I use chapter headings that are to do with sex in a way. There's longing. Oh, it's how they make love. How do people in prison make love? And so there's mm. le- letters there's masturbation, there's, um, I can't remember uh, the other uh, heads of chapters, but so it's sort of this look into the drive of longing of these three people to get out. And then in the end, I think I have prison break. Yes. 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 I want to share a little bit about the husband, Peter. He's sizing her up. He's come home She's in the bathtub or coming out of the bathtub and he sizes her up and he thinks, let her take her baths. She is tainted by desperate memories she rarely talks about. If she does tell him about her childhood, he always feels she is lying, not telling the real story. Scoop, he yells, for he calls her that because she is like a reporter with the way she takes everything in. She can size up a place in seconds. Just while he's figuring out which way to hold the menu up, she's figured out the history and future of the place. She is sweaty from the hot water and is laying her book down on the wet tiles as he stands at the bathroom door. Her hair is up, but strands fall down wet around her neck. Her breasts are full. She is all woman, he thinks, with the soul of a frightened girl. That's what he sees. She's an electric force, he decides. Quick, 
violent in her passions. She lives on a continual edge of desire, desire for motions, skirts swirling for the new. Of course, she wants to go out. Counterphobic to her fear of love, she throws down anything that is repetitive. She is postmodernist, deciding her values on taste, not reason. He loves her, but he wonders, can he handle her? His wife is a self-contained fire and leaves him little to do with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's not the ideal wife. <laughs> yes, and they still have this kind of coming and going, right? The back and forth of the relationship, right? He's He goes north. He comes back to visit. She goes to visit for a weekend, right? There's a whole... yeah. They love each other, I believe, but um, she's driven by inner, I don't even want to say demons, because I don't think they're demons. She's just, um, she's racing inside. And in a funny way, uh, she has that in common with the prisoner. He is too. Um, Mm. uh, Peter is more um, grounded, I think. But Yeah. And a little uh, bit laid back, right? Yeah, and it, yeah. Back. So he's he loves his wife, but he just doesn't know what to do with her. Mm, interesting. Yes, and then so we've kind of seen David, and then we've seen Mira, and then we're gonna and we just saw um, Peter, and now I'm just gonna give you a little clip of Mira about herself. Mm-hmm. Forty five, and working at half attention, married at half attention. 45 and still sustained by the amusement of a new lipstick color or hearing a new piece of music. 45 and it is still the sun and warm baths that heal her. The ocean surrounding her. 45 and still unable to be as original as she had hoped. Still excavating inner truths and still they come out garbled. 45, and still maybe the four-year-old who had been happy her mother left, but seared that she had not been a soul worth staying for. 45, and still she entered a room sure of only one thing, she might not be worth staying for. Know me and you will be disappointed. 45, and a husband who clung to his tangible home and wanted a tangible wife. And here, Mira cannot make her hands hold the tangible. Everything sieves through. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a good description of her. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, I, I, I won't say she's lost, but she's just pushing forward. And um, she knows what feeds her. And mm. um, she seems to lack imagination for what most people move towards in marriage and in uh, she has singular pursuits. I think, you know, as that description of, of what 45 and what she's doing, they're singular pursuits. And, um, and um, her husband wants her to have a couple's pursuits. Yes. The prisoner understands that she has singular pursuits and you could say that he's had singular pursuits. He's Mm. more extroverted than her, but um, to he's a smart, talented man to get himself in prison 
uh, is a kind of a singular pursuit, you know. Yes. To be taken away from everything. So there's an understanding. She has an understanding of the prisoner, and I think the prisoner has an understanding of her. The husband knows that, and um, it's frightening to him. He sees it as an accident waiting to happen, which it is. Yes. Yes. And there's this letter dialogue that's going on between them. And he's the the prisoner is trying to encourage Mira to be herself. Don't be squashed down by the life itself or even by the husband, right? He keeps saying, right? He's still he's yes. egging her yes. on, right? Yes. Yeah. And and she can't quite tell if it's uh pathological on his part or healthy. And um yes. but it but it's um he's not frightened of the part of her that is uh passionate and um searching for something. Yes. Um uh, whereas the husband is frightened because it would impact him in a in a deep way or it might impact him in a deep way. The prisoner, you yes. know, is able to uh encourage it because uh it's no skin off his back in a certain way. Um he's watching. Yes. Yes. There's a striking scene of her going to a party and we are seared by kind of her aloneness. I'm going to quote you again. As she waited for her husband's return or for anyone's return, but a return to her nonetheless, if it ever happens that someone returns to her, she had walked in the weak spring sun. She had been like a child hurrying toward the patches of sunlight as if it was a game to jump into the light, warmer spaces along her walk. The night before, at a friend's birthday dinner, the women had sat away from her. For what? For her oddness? Why did they sit away from her? She was older than they, in many ways less accomplished. She had had no education, no parents to cook her a meal, to pay her bills. She had no phone calls showing parental interest in her. On Christmas, Easter, and her birthday, she never heard from anyone except her husband. She had been born and then told to make do. All those wives with their degrees and their long legs had shunned Mira. Did they think they would catch the disease of a husband who goes away and might leave you forever, a husband who is angry at you? Did these women think they would catch the disease of lovelessness? A musician at the dinner party had to leave early, and so Mira begged off to go with him so she wouldn't be alone on the subway, left him at a stop, and only when she got into bed did she realize she had not said goodbye to anyone. The women's rejection like her mother's, what off-key note did Mira continually play? The women left her to sit with men who are the obligatory kind, like big dogs. How's it going with you and your husband, Mira? Oh, that's good. It'll work out. Don't think about it. Like her mother had left her father to her father. It'll work out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, yeah. I think perhaps that, um, her background of course is I, maybe the reason that she cannot, uh, make a union with someone 
I think I think in the uh, book she feels that she could make a union with the prisoner when he gets out because he seems to get her, but um, it's a lot. It's a lot for her husband to take on. You know. Yes. Yes. She has a sensitive nature, a sensitive nature, and a um, and even a loving nature in some ways, but mm. uh, but she relies on what she knows how to feed herself. So it's like a bath, a hot bath. It's like the sunlight. It's like music. It's, mm. it's auto, it's things by themselves, you know, that she can, that does not involve yes. another person. So, um, and this is what's yes. so very frustrating to her husband. Whereas the prisoner also is having to yes. do what she's doing. He's alone too. Yes. I'm going to continue that scene there. You go on to write, Mira had not had the strength to walk over to the women, not had the strength to ask for their kindness, paralyzed by the emotions of her past. Home now, with her books and Beethoven and the buses going by and the dogs she recognized on the street. Home, her home, everything of her husband's in place. All that was missing was him, and he, even his not being there made little difference. Oh, she knew she knew she didn't have the courage for love, nor the artistry for lies. She was in no woman's land. Yeah. Well, I think this book is a sort of a moment in her life, well, more than a moment, but a time in her life where she knows this marriage isn't working and what is she going to do? Mm, yes. You know, um, and uh, if you haven't had a normal background, a marriage can be your first stabilizing event, so to speak. And um, so knowing that it's not working, she's not giving her husband what she should be giving him. And knowing that she's got this inner wild woman sort of waking up um, or she's got business with herself waking up. Um, you know, she's, she's in a rock and a hard place. She has to give up some stability to be her real self. And, um, it's a lonely position, Yes, which is true. I think for many women as they leave a marriage, you know, that's the, that's the fear, you know? Yes. Yes. And it also gives a kind of identity, right? There's an identity that comes with it. They, they say that men, men tend to leave marriages for another woman, but women will leave to find out who they are themselves. And, um, I won't mm. say she's finding out who she is, but um, she's seeing that uh, she's not suited to this marriage. And maybe she would be suited to the prisoner. She doesn't know. Yes. I like the scene, um, the prisoners thinking back on what Mira told him. Quote, Mira told him she played ping pong over the weekend and how she laughed during the long volleying because she said, as she swatted the ball and then it so quickly came back and then so quickly she swatted again and then it came back. It was intimate, she said. It was so wonderfully intimate, back and forth. What he likes about her is that she laughs, even though she is facing the end of the three weeks to decide the end of the child or the beginning. It could be the end of him. He knows that. His reputation is not helping anything. And here she is telling him that even though she knows she's about to lose her hand, she finds herself laughing at the joy of smacking the ball. 
This is a woman who wants to live. When he thinks about it, and he does, David is pretty sure she won't leave him. She won't be able to leave someone like him, a man who swats her back the ball, makes her smile, who reaches out to her. She won't close that down. <laughs> it's a wonderful, right? A yeah. wonderful inner dialogue. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Yeah, David is actually... Um, he's actually intelligent about all the things that he thinks and talks about. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he doesn't really have an agenda. He's in jail for growing marijuana, which is not exactly, I mean, I think he even knows that soon it'll be legalized, but he's lost everything because, I mean, true, he was growing a lot of marijuana, but, and um, <laughs> he has to be sort of philosophical. He believes that you can't get angry that the way to survive this mm. sentence, and he was sentenced originally to 21 years, I think, although he serves 10. Yes. But um, he is very philosophical about how to do the time, as he would say, you know. And, um, mm. Um, mm. and um, I think the husband is more, the husband has more issues in a funny way. David is more direct. He's He's got a certain problem. He's dealing with mm. it, and and um, she admires his uh, creativity. He paints in prison, and he sends her paintings. And he admires her dealing with her stuff in the same way. So they they have a, they have a real bond. Yes, an incredible bond, I think. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I I just before I'm going to wrap up, I just want to. Um, kind of mentioned that there is something about this book. There are these incredible one-liners. There are two great lines together, in fact, that um, I'm going to quote you. She had thought while she was driving here that being in love, letting go is the main event of life. You do your work and it's better if it's a passion. It should be. But loving someone is the joy the whipped cream and the depths of the sea. Yet here she is holding herself back from everyone. Yeah. But, you know, um, you know, she's, she's actually, she's actually not holding herself back. That's interesting. I mean, she is, she steps up to it. I mean, she tries to love her husband and she, and she tries to love David, you know, as much as one can that situation. I think she thinks she's holding herself back, but I'm not sure she really is, you know. I think that's correct. Yeah. yeah. The character is much more alive, right? I think she feels terribly guilty about not loving her husband in the way that she wishes she could. And that's her deep sadness. Um, but otherwise, she's pretty up for whatever life is going to hand out. Yes. You think? Definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There's a, a moxie or gusto in her character, in her, I mean, even, even though she has that experience with those other women, there's still, she has her own life, right? She may not be getting a response from them or know how to engage them, let's say, but she's mm-hmm, engaged, mm-hmm. right? In the mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's, yeah. she's, so in a way, 
Um, what I feel about that book is that there is this drive in all three characters and the book sort of chronicles from three different camera angles, them driving towards mm. what looks like destruction, but actually is freedom. Yes. To be released, right? Yeah. Released yeah. from yeah. their prisons, yeah, from the ghosts that have kind of haunted them so that they can be free. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yes. and they're, and they're all driving there and um, yes. in, in different uh, personality uh, yes. ways. Yeah. yeah. And reflecting each other in that, right? It's like a um, chess game. One makes a move, then another makes a move, and another yes. makes a move. And so um, they are – it's not a game that one of them will win. It's that uh, they all – it's it's a it's a movement where they all can win. Yes. And I think they do. Exactly. I'm going to do your final one liner. <laughs> That's you, right? She put her hand over her face as she tried to think up the next sentence and it drifted across her mind randomly that this life was no longer prison sex. It was every moment sex. Mm. really wraps up right the the essence yeah. of prison yeah. sex right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you Jacqueline Gay Wally for sharing with us your book prison sex which spans a capsule of time in the 80s until 1995 thank you too for being with us with IML publications in the launch of this collection Venus as she ages which is pertinent and relevant for all girls, women, and the men who want to understand them. Thank you, Gay. Jacqueline Gay. Well, thank you, Murphy. And thank you for creating this Venus as she ages and telling this long, you know, it's, uh, it's very audacious, you know, putting these six books together. It takes, it takes a Parisian. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So this is I, Murphy Lewis of IML Publications, speaking to you from Paris with our guest, Jacqueline Gay Wally in New York City, about her book, Prison Sex. To all those in the audience, thank you for joining us. We welcome you to listen to our next podcast that will feature the other three Jacqueline Gay Wally's novels. You can access more about Miss Wally on her website, www.gaywally.com, or on ours www.imlpublications.com. This podcast was recorded on Zencaster with producer Sebastiano Tecchio and with music Going Home, provided by the flautist Steve Slagle from his album Spirit Calls. A bientôt. Talk soon. Ciao, ciao. A bientôt. Bye-bye. <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs>